It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. still annoyed at how hard I stacked it on the Nile Rodgers interview. I don't want to start 2019 like this. Well, 2019, it's the future, mate. What did you imagine 2019 would be like when you were, say, 12? I was thinking drones would disrupt Gatwick Airport. <laughs> I told you before, I was worried that all footballers were going to be taken over as robots and yeah. that would be really boring. But but it felt it has like, become boring, but in different ways. Because along the lines of that thing when the internet first started, mm. that guy wrote that... Um, article for the BBC I actually met him I think he's a guy called Dan I can't remember his surname I've definitely met him he um he what wrote, an image a man called Dan who works for the BBC yeah no right you can't find him anywhere he he wrote an article saying about how England were going to have like a world beating football team in like 2008 or whatever mm. and he, it was obviously ridiculous because we didn't even qualify with 2008 right. and he got and he got mocked for it mm. but when you're a kid chiefly because of things like sci-fi movies and stuff when someone said to you Oh, in 2019. I mean, you would be thinking the world will be completely unrecognisable. Mm. My question to you, Pete Donaldson, is, is it unrecognisable and we just not noticed it because it's been creeping or is it a complete letdown? You went into a shop and tried to buy something and they said they'd pencil you in for uh, an appointment in sometime in the future. Now, yeah. if that's not a tacit uh, change that's in everything far. that we've uh, come to hold, um, yeah, of course everything's changed massively. Like, we can now um, order taxis with a box that sits in our pocket and the taxis come to us and then they drive us somewhere and then we get off and we never have to give them money can we fly money we can fly we got those guys with the little um jetpacks that only work over water you got the drone guys you got the drone police in dubai they'll throw a drone at anything them lot it's not crossed over to sort of public consciousness though is it it's a bit it's still a bit tomorrow as well whoa look at this all right well yeah yeah it doesn't it, it was never going to change that quickly but give it another 40 years and we will be seeing manned drones if I said to you in 1992 when you first joined that Catholic senior school what's 2019 look like mm. you'd have said straight away flying cars no because I would have been fully indoctrinated and I would have went the return of a JC baby he's coming back I don't know whether Catholics believe that can't remember I can't remember how he died can't pretty sure he, he is dead but he's coming back <laughs> but well, I where have you been JC one company that prides themselves on what I think they call future scoping mm. is a company called Nesta now, I'll be completely honest with you, I never knew anything about them until yesterday when I started looking up um, predictions for 2019, specifically right. for this show, the first show of 2019, Luke and Pete, episode 130, in which you're very welcome, everyone listening. And they came up with 10 things 
that they thought would happen in 2019. Now, I was quite disappointed when I saw the list because some of them are quite boring, mm. but one or two of them are quite interesting. One I think you'll be particularly interested in, Pete, and I think this is actually quite a safe bet, is deep fake videos will be weaponized in 2019. I think we're too familiar with them and the sort of people who would accuse a video of being fake are too stupid to understand how the technology works for it to actually take hold. Explain to people who don't know what it is, what deep faking is. Um, it's a very um, CPU computer intensive uh, process of creating um, a fake video where you combine the bodies of one person and the face of another um, and create a video. So, example, they used the director of Get Out, um, um, uh, Peel, is it Peel or Key? I always forget. I think it's Peel. Uh, and he um, basically um, did an impression of Barack Obama and put that yes. um, performance over the face of um, Barack Obama doing a speech. And it was almost spotless. It looked amazing. Yeah, like, You can do it on your flawless. phone now. Flawless. Absolutely flawless. And, yeah. uh, and it was... Um, an incredible piece of work and it just sort of it was a it was a cautionary tale just sort of saying look guys what you see might not necessarily be what happened well and that is a, a fairly serious point right so yeah. Nestor our friends at Nestor are saying deep fakes perhaps could spark a real geopolitical incident mm. Uh, well, look at look at the way look at the way that um, the um, punch up the White House happened with the guy from I think it was CNN. Yeah, Jim Acosta. Yeah, where um, one of the um, right wing uh, nut jobs kind of removed a couple of frames from the actual vi- video. This is someone taking it. a microphone back from a reporter. Yeah. and the uh, perceived violence or whatever. That yeah, so yeah. if you if you removed a couple of frames to make the actual action look a little bit more violent, um, and that kind of was tossed about, and it was a clear fake. Every single person, not even you, could see, clearly see it was a it was a different sure. it, was, it was a different performance from what actually came out of the TV screens, uh, and it was really hackily done. Um, but even though you had ten experts saying it's fake, there's still message the message that was kind of kicked around is this video fake because um, media, they want to teach media, the controversy basically yeah because yeah because um, the controversy um, creates clicks. And um, media at the moment is kind of obsessed with clicks for obvious reason. Uh, and so newspapers and uh, media conglomerates were basically saying, is this fake? Is this not fake? To fuel uh, the debate rather than actually saying it isn't, it, it, it isn't real. It's a fabrication. Yeah. So bullshit. Which is their responsibility, sell. by the way. Yeah. That's exactly. ultimately their responsibility. Massively. Yeah. If it bleeds, it leads. And that bled for flipping ages. And I, th- I think also, the, 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 to, to extrapolate that further, it's, it's, it's interesting because... It wasn't me on that webcam. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, because we are we have people of our age, certainly people of our age and older, and possibly people some people younger than us. It maybe even everyone implicitly believes and understands that seeing is believing, right? So if you see something in front of you, people who are digital natives who've grown up watching things on TV screens, whether mm. it be a TV show or a news bulletin or whatever, or yeah. a video of their mates, there is still an understanding that if it's filmed and it's there, it happened, right? Seeing is believing. Mm. This is dangerous because it takes us into a whole, potentially a whole new sphere where nothing you see, mm. unless you see it with your own eyes, which of course, if you live in the UK and you want to know about American politics, for example, it's not possible for you to see it with your own eyes. So it could completely undermine the fabric of our society because all it takes is for a, a decent number of people to not know that it's not real mm. and then you're away. And that's when these geopolitical incidents happen. Scary stuff, I think. But, but also, I think in the last four, probably three or four years um, with the invention of social media, you've kind of taken control of your own gossip to a certain extent. Um, back in the day, if somebody sort of said, oh, Pete's got a good job and he's gone to 
you know, do do some work in, yeah, exactly, gone to do some work in Geneva. Um, That would all be kind of like rumour and hearsay and it would go around the town or the village and people sort of go, oh, wow, yeah, 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 yeah. right. Um, But Instagram, like you're taking pictures of yourself poolside going, look at this, guys, don't mind if I do, drinking a cocktail and all that shit. And and, and you've taken control of your own gossip there and presented your own um, kind of image to a world and something that you never had control of before you now have control of. Uh, And with that um, means responsibility as well. Absolutely. Absolutely right. Um, another one of their predictions is, um, and I quite like this one, and I think I can believe this one as well, it's the end of the week as we know it. The five-day, 40-hour work week is stretched to breaking point, and 2019 will be the year that it finally snaps. Yeah. There's a, the annoying thing is that on the rare occasion that I have to do the commute, I have to come in at like nine o'clock, which obviously is very late for a lot of you, but I work until two, but you get on the tube at like half eight, quarter to nine, it is disgusting in in london or in, in many metropolitan areas many many cities it's horrible it's horrible to use um most trains can't run because of the antiquated um underfunded um nature of the infrastructure in this country and beyond um the idea of a nine to five just doesn't exist anymore and it shouldn't exist because yeah. you can't have it both ways you can't have us resident in an office from nine to five and also expect us to work outside of hours as well. You can't listen. You cannot hold Pete the Renegade Donaldson down. By the way, good luck no. getting that man chained to a desk. He's like the wind, baby. I don't even have a desk. Pete lives in a grand piano. Set fire to it. He lives under a leaf. Boring. Yeah, he lives on the wind. I mean, to be fair, I think I've said before. I bought a. Uh, I'm still having problems with my uh, desk at home. I've he uses his oven as a cupboard, guys. I bought a uh, bought a gaming chair. It's too wide for my for my uh, desk, so I need another desk. People are slogging themselves out there. I'm the old woman who swallowed a fly. The the working week is stretched to breaking point and you're out there buying gaming chairs too big for the room. That's what's... I've got to worry about my posture. You're out of touch. I'm I'm getting on, mate. You're out of touch. I also think, you know... You're out of mine! The other thing about that, you tapped on the the infrastructure thing there and before this gets too boring, or something... One aspect, aspect of society I feel a little bit... It might so- share into interestingness. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, true. It's always the danger. Mm. We've always promised that, but never quite delivered it. But if you're someone who works as part of the gig economy or works in the service industry, yeah. um, say you do a, a really important job, for example, like... Um, Delivering livers. Say you work at the tube station. We're in London, so you work on the tube station in London. Deliver liveroo. <laughs> yeah, okay. Why don't they call those emergency ambulance guys? Fuck it, I'm going to go with this. Deliver liveroo. You deliver... Li- Organs. I know someone used to do that job, by the way. Ooh. Deliver organs for the NHS. Yeah. So you're there all, all hours, yeah. right? I mean, they probably schedule these transplant operations during the day. But anyway, for the sake mm. of argument, you'd hope so. You finish at three in the morning, or like you mm. do, two in the morning. Mm. I don't worry about you because one, you've chosen your lifestyle, yeah. and you can live in that bed, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned, because mm-hmm. you made it. Secondly, you live in Soho, right? So it's, mm. it's easier for you to get shit. Yeah. If you live in outside of that of that area and you're delivering shit till two in the morning, mm. right? One, you can't really effectively get home from work. Mm. Because you can't. Yeah. Two, um, you can't buy anything to eat, really. Mm. I mean, there's probably there's the occasional 24-hour supermarket, but there's not many of them, and they're yeah. not great quality. So all this idea that people are now, as these guys say, living outside of this working week traditional thing where it's finally going to snap. If it does snap, people are going to have to start turning London into what it claims to be, which it absolutely isn't, which is a 24-hour 24 24 city. city. Yeah. You can't just eat kebabs all the time, or pot noodles. You are a living license. testament to that, Pete, aren't you? Yeah. Well, the toenails keep falling off. Your Sunday night Chinese tradition will not go. Oh, that's so nice. Will not though, go man. lost, though, will it? I've ordered. I didn't order from Deliveroo. I ordered from the other company. Shit. All oh, right. I've got, but I have got a liver to eat. Um, yeah. I mean, did you see that um, video of that um, Indian? Um, I presume it's some kind of like meal delivery service, um, like Deliveroo. Um, the guy was kind of um, 
he was filmed from a window um, getting the food that he was delivering, eating a couple of mouthfuls out of uh, each, <laughs> each thing and then putting it back. And everyone was Excellent. Going, and obviously he was fired and everyone was disgusted. But it speaks to a that wider... Is, is he double dipping? To, if he wasn't if double, dipping, double dipping, it's not as bad. Well, it speaks to a, um, a, a wider problem, obviously, of um, poverty, uh, him not getting paid enough. Uh, him not having the time to feed himself or the um uh, or the, I mean, he or could the have money just been to shit. or he could have just been a shit. Yeah. I ordered seventy quid's worth of Chinese food once from Deliveroo and the guy's disappeared with it. Really? Probably his last day on the job, he went, fuck it. But you're right, the gig economy, um, if you do it in America, these are freelance individuals who sort of go around delivering shit and there's so much more of that about Silicon Valley has created this kind of microculture of uh, of the gig economy and all that shit. Can I have a go at the tech pods? They're your brothers. I am. I am having a go at tech them. Tech bros. They're all twats. Um, and they all... Are, uh, that's another resolution. Don't, you don't use um, female um, uh, genitalia's insults. Or dicks only, because that's what I've got. And anyone says I don't have a dick. Is that your resolution that's for this resolution. year? I, I did it last year and I stopped for a while. And I, and, but the C word is so juicy. It just is. <laughs> It's something that it's important, yeah. Because I call myself a feminist, and then I go and use words like that. It's like me um, with the old meat eating and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> that stuff yeah, yeah. Um, but these these people in America who do who who um, indulge, who work, who make all of their money from the gig economy, because it's apparently so flexible and so useful for people who have weird hours and have weird responsibilities. Um, they don't have health insurance. They don't have any protection. There needs to be a tacit endorsement of that lifestyle um, from the government down. Um, I don't disagree with that, and I'm not... Big gonna, talk with Pete and Luke. And I'm not going to uh, undermine it, but I am going to tell a story that you reminded me of. My friend Duncan, he used to live in a place where it's very difficult to get takeaways delivered. Mm. They just couldn't find this place. So right. like, it was like a robe where it had, like, it was separated into two parts. Yeah, and, like, that's you know, annoying that. My mum and dad live at 72 Woodstock, where... I've just told them where they live. <laughs> oh, no. Stewie Donaldson. I might go... have to... Should I put an edit point? I mean, I am intrinsically lazy, but I mean... Don't go there be... after 7pm, because yeah. Stewie will be in bed. But my, my, um... Woodstock where? Woodstock place, more well, is, like. is that a difficult place to find as well? Yeah, well, it's separated by a small road. Right, okay, so this is a similar situation as yeah. far as I understand it. Anyway, my friend Duncan, I was just mentioned there, he ordered a takeaway once and it just didn't turn up. Right. And so um, he he called up and said, look, what's happening? Like, oh, yeah, they're having trouble finding there or whatever. And he said, and then and the Indian, I think it was an Indian restaurant. It could have been Chinese, I can't remember. Mm. He said, um, stay, the guys there said, stay on the line mm. because um, um, the um, you know, you're going to have to help the guy find it. Right. And so he, Duncan obviously is out on his mobile phone, goes out into the front, of the house and says, Look, I'm standing outside the house, so you should be the seat. And he's like in these slippers and stuff, right? And it turns into this really weird, like really boring, like horror movie Nightmare. type situation where he's like, oh, Stay on the line. Stay. He's coming down in a minute. He's uh, and he said, At one point, the guy was driving up and down a road, not his road, right. with the hazard lights on, saying, Flag me down when you see me. Flag me down when you see me. <laughs> and all these people are going up to his car because he's got his hazard lights on. And he's got, are you, are you uh, Duncan? No. <laughs> and, and he, said, he said at the end, he, just, he ended up just saying, look, mate, I'm terribly sorry, but this is ridiculous. forget about it. Yeah. Forget, just forget about it. I think yeah. he'd already paid and everything. Just forget about it. Because <laughs> this is a waste of my night. Yeah. So those people are the people that need help. That I mean, you should have a sat-nav. Sat-navs yeah. need to get better, don't they? Is that your comedy routine for 2019? Yeah. Oh, turn left, you'll end up in a river. Nightmare. You don't even drive. Why, why were the kids in the in the in the um, boot of the car, Pete? Though I don't know. <laughs> Stop this. I'm trying to go dark. Before we go for it's a, my, go to a my, break, it's Pete. my uh, it's my um, kind of gag style. 
Are you going to go? Are you turning heel in 2019? Yeah, <laughs> um, evil Pete. Um, I by the way, good Pete. I really enjoyed that video you shared of Vince McMahon tearing both his quadriceps. He runs. His... He runs in because there's been a big fuck up, and he needs to, you know, relay a piece of um, information. information to to the wrestlers. So tell, tell me, what, the so, so set the premise up because basically, I think it's Royal Rumble. Batista's done something wrong. Batista's done something wrong. Batista and John Cena are having a big fight in Royal Rumble, whatever. 2002 or whatever yeah. and um, obviously the last person who, remaining in the ring rin, r- wins the whole thing and so um, and that sets up storylines that will go off so in the future for the next basically. six months basically it's all about Batista winning and chucking John Cena out the problem is John Cena gets chucked out Batista goes with him and they hit the mat almost at exactly the same time if not the exact same time like so proper photo finished stuff so no, neither of them know what to do so neither of them know what's, knows, knows what to do they both get back in the ring and start grappling and obviously the referee doesn't know what to do because obviously whatever happens, whichever way it goes, bearing in mind they've got video replays and also um, the referee can't make a decision of the next six months for the company. So Vince McMahon, the CEO, and, and, and obviously public face and, you know, obviously wrestler himself, uh, comes just doing his kind of like kind of I've shot myself kind of stomping walk uh, into the ring uh, and launches himself in. But at the same time, he stands up and tears both of his quadriceps. <laughs> to see it. His legs just fold It is under unbelievable him. to watch. Yeah. It is unbelievable. And he's, and he's just of, on his knees, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, and he sort of lean, and he sort of lean, and, and so he conducts the rest, he sort of sits there with his hands on his, <laughs> hands on his waist, hands on his side going, oh, I'm really nice. And bearing in mind, like, Batista's fucked this. Like, he's yeah. in, tr- he's trouble. in trouble with his on-screen boss, <laughs> And his CEO, he's, his genuine he's, CEO. He's, he's just thinking, big, just stand up. Why, why just stand yeah. up? Just stand up. And so, like, it, nobody knows what's happened. Nobody knows why the boss has decided to run in and just sit on the floor and tell everyone off and make a decision. And he looks so... He's just so vulnerable. He looks so, so vulnerable, yeah. Because he sat there um, just telling people what to do and looking furious. And let's face it, in complete fucking agony as well. Oh, it must be so painful. <laughs> like, so painful. You, you, as far as I understand it, your quadriceps are like your biggest muscles, aren't they? So you must be behind your bum, surely. Maybe that's a part. That's mm, up there. But the I mean, they're, they're big. They're big, important muscles, aren't they? Yeah, it's, it's incredible. Let, let's have a quick break. Your skin's your muscle, you know. It's when we not. come back, I'm going to um, I'm going to put a Hit challenge you. to the list. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I didn't put a spell uh, look, on you. Okay, welcome back to the Luke and Pete show with me, Luke Moore, and that man there, the Pete. So you've got an ordered mind. You should lead more. Okay, I'm happy to do that All in right. 2019. That can be a resolution cool. of us. I don't think our listeners will like that, but we'll give it a bash. And I'll stop saying um, the C word. Um, I won't. So what I thought I'd do, and I haven't briefed you on this ahead of time, Pete, on purpose, oh. because if I did, you might try and talk me out of it. Um, I thought... Is this going to be a Bud Dwyer moment? What, what's that? Uh, he shot himself in front of assembled uh, no, journalists. No, it's not going to be that. Right. No, I'm no, not quite got to it that was quite, uh, It's quite a famous uh, internet clip back in the day. He, he handed out um, his suicide note like it was a statement. Uh, he was a man of advancing years. He was going to go away for some crime for a long time. Uh, he probably would never see the light of day again, and he decided, not going to happen. Check it out. So in a press conference, he handed out these things, and then as the um, 
cameraman and the journalist started reading him, he realised it was a suicide note. And in, from a brown paper bag, he takes a revolver and he uh, shoots himself in the face. And, so he's uh, already been found guilty of a crime and he's waiting to go to prison, but he's yeah. able to walk around with a gun and a paper bag. Hey, this is uh, America, baby. And I think Filter, the band Filter, wrote a song about it called Hey Man, Nice Shot. Oh, Those geez. guys. It's like new, um, new metal. Slobodan Pryek or whatever his name was. Oh, then. yeah. Well, he just got shot, didn't he? Oh, he committed suicide with that poison in the court, didn't he? Oh, yes. Yeah. I will drink this. Yeah. Amazing. Um, so, I mean, that's not how I plan to start this section, but that's no. how this show goes sometimes. What I was going to say, Pete, decision. is I would like to put it over to the listeners, to you guys listening at home or wherever you are, what would you like to see uh, see or hear us do or talk about in 2019? Get your emails into hello at lukeandpeacher.com. Oh. Maybe you'd like to hear us go somewhere, do something, eat something, play a game, anything. You name it, and we'll consider it. <laughs> <laughs> you know this is going to end up with like an amputation or something. Well, as long as it's of you and I'm not involved, Let's that's okay. Let's get um, hair transplants. I don't need it, do I? That's one thing I don't need. I could do a liposuction. <laughs> I get tits put in like gold dust. Hello at lukeandpeacher.com for that. Now, um, yeah, anything you, you can think of, mm. just fire it over. Should we do a couple of emails? I've got an email here that I think you might find interesting, Peter. Yes. Um, what time was that? I, break again? I, didn't, I, I didn't write it down. There we go. <laughs> Sorry. Um, um, this is from Adam in Glasgow. Mm. So he's got Universal Electronics in his TV remote, which is solid, very yeah. solid. If I'm a spectacular. UE. Um, I haven't seen a new brand of batteries for ages now. What do you mean? Like, yeah, we haven't heard... No, because people, they've just been rep- repetitive, you know. Well, this is kind of our thing for the start of the year, wasn't it? So let's start 20, uh, 2019 with a new with, one. Um, what else could we do, though? You ever think about it, I'll read the email. Okay. He said, Adam says, Hello, chaps. After hearing the story of leaving children with strangers in a recent episode, it reminded me of a story from my early youth. Do you remember the guy who busted his teeth open on the half pipe and the anorak guy, Lucky Pete, rescued him? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Abducted briefly yeah. and rescued him. By a man in an anorak called Lucky Pete. Yeah. Um, he says, I was a matter of days old mm. and no doubt being enough of a shit to drive my mum up the wall. My two-year-old sister and me were left with my dad who was told to get us out of the house and as any self-respecting new father would, we headed to the closest McDonald's. Get the fuck out! In the early 90s, this was in a rather rough part of Glasgow called Mary Hill. Mm. Uh, when my sister demanded to go to the bathroom, no doubt with the best of intentions, my father decided to leave me, still in pram, with the <laughs> occupants of the closest table and head to the bathroom. <laughs> when I returned to the house, my dad made the schoolboy error of instantly telling my mum. And now the story is often dragged up at family events and after a few too many drinks to remind him of his incompetence. Still to this day, there's rumours of an Adam baby switch scandal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful. Love like, that. Uh, like some kind of um, beetle, you might say. Yeah, like you mean uh, Paul McCartney's business? Yeah, yeah. I couldn't. I was thinking John Lennon. I was like, thinking no, like no, some kind of beetle, like some so, kind of bloody beetle. What do you do? Who do you do your show with? Oh, my mate Pete. What's he like? He can't remember how Jesus died, <laughs> and he can't <laughs> name a single member of the Beatles. So, um, oh man, can I get an Adrian Graff's uh, email? Sure, because this man is one of my favourite chaps on uh, the internet. Um, I don't know who he is. No, with respect, not Adrian Graff. That's fine. That you're all right to not know him. Right. Okay. Um, you will have seen this guy, but um, he's the Democracy Manifest man. Right. He is a man who gets arrested. Um, basically, I'll, I'll go on to uh, Adrian's uh, email. Um, Hi guys, love the show. Uh, recently, you spoke about the Democracy Manifest guy YouTube video. Uh, something that always amuses me way more than it should. And so I revisited it and decided to research the reason why he was arrested. I was not disappointed. Um, he wants to bring the uh, ramble or bring uh, the Luke Pete show to Australia. We'll think about it. Right. Um, so the Democracy Manifest is a man being arrested um, um, in, a, in a Chinese restaurant. 
Peter. You've already done it. Yeah, I know, but it's an ex- explanation about him. Oh, okay, cool. This is the reminder. Yeah. Look, I'm under what? I love this. Gentlemen, this is Democracy Manifest. <laughs> Have a look at the headlock here. See that chap over there? Get your hand off my penis! This is the bloke who got me on the penis before. Get some cups. Why did you do this to me? Get some cups. For what reason? What is the charge? Eating a meal? A succulent Chinese meal? Oh, that's a nice headlock, sir. Oh, uh, yes. I see that you know your judo well. <laughs> I see that you know your so we, judo we, well. We covered this a number of episodes ago, right? Yeah. And we just thought it was really funny. Yeah, the Democracy Manifest guy in Australia getting arrested. Um, it just sounds like the Australian Brian Blessed, doesn't he? But according to yeah. this uh, website, he's not Australian. He was born in Hungary. And the entire backstory of his life and why he was arrested is completely off the wall. It turns out that he was apparently a, <laughs> a nobleman called Charles Dolzer, uh, who was a penchant for free food. He was so into it that he got named in the papers as Sydney's most famous restaurant runner, as he had so many convictions for failing to pay for food. This makes the succulent Chinese meal line even funnier than it already is. According to local Australian papers, he used to just go to around uh, five-star restaurants, eat a delicious Chinese meal, and a then do a runner. Chinese a succulent <laughs> Chinese meal. All of his fines and court orders built up quite a bit, although um, we're not sure whether he actually did any time for it um, or not. In addition to all of this, apparently he was a former chess champion. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> I was not expecting that. So there we go. He, he quite clearly enjoyed a life of free food and great chess matches. He just loved to get in there, get his food and do a runner. That is a nice headlock, sir. You, I can see you know your judo well. <laughs> Pete, did you ever do a runner from a taxi when you were a kid? Uh, once. Uh, it was successful. And I'll do it again. <laughs> it was successful, was it? It was successful, yeah. Ran across... Uh, I, mean, I don't know why people do it because it's just a lot of especially because you only ever do it you would only ever do it when you're drunk and it's not a nice thing to do to the taxi driver it's awful yeah yeah, it's really mean, isn't it? yeah. and bearing in mind there was like five of us in the taxi and I'd like to point out that the reason why I did the runner was because everyone had started and you, you can't no choice, yeah. and I either get the beach the, the beach shitted out of me or the shit, shit beaten out of <laughs> yeah. me by the taxi driver or I leave with them so I left with them I made the choice I think my so-called Bros friends before at the time, tax <laughs> I think my so-called friends at the time consistently did it with me because they knew I was the slowest. Oh right, so you'd always get caught. Yeah, and you'd have to pay. Yeah, More succulent taxi journey. Ask me, ask me if that ever happened. Did that ever happen? Yeah. So how many times? Oh, not that many. A couple. Not of work. A couple. It's, ter- it's terrible behaviour. I wouldn't. It's, terrible it's, it's something I'll do now. Um, but final... you don't think about it. You sort of go. You, it's not even about having to pay the couple of quid for the taxi. It's 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 just the excitement of going. Hee hee. Here's, here's so we're to top off the end of the night. Let's end the show with right. um, emails we should have read out at Christmas. Okay. Um, here's one from um, Connor in Manchester who says, Hi guys, after catching up with your entire back catalogue over the last four weeks, God, I wouldn't wish out anyone, yeah. and following your talk in episode 125 about the Cleveland Indians, I was reminded of a lovely Christmas tradition practised almost every year by fans of the major league sports teams of Philadelphia, namely throwing batteries at Santa. <laughs> to the best of my knowledge it started some time ago in the 60s by fans of the NFL's Eagles who were unhappy with a notably unenthusiastic Santa tasked with performing in front of the fans at halftime during a game in the festive period it started with snowballs but they were substituted for batteries in later years when snow and Santa went around and bad players remained so they've taken this idea of throwing snowballs at Santa yeah. extrapolated it out to throwing batteries at players who aren't very good 
I suppose I've got helmets on. Mm. Um, the moment became uh, part of Philly sports legend. In many times, this scenario repeated for Phillies games in Major League Baseball and Flyers games in the NHL. The event was commem- uh, commemorated by the Eagles inviting back the original Santa from that rainy day to apologise. <laughs> Sadly, once again, Eagles fans just pelted batteries at him again. Uh, this event coincided with Flyers fans uh, pelting poorly performing players with bracelets handed out to fans to commemorate the recent passing of Philadelphia Flyers <laughs> founder Ed Snyder. That's not nice. So much for the city of brotherly love. All the best, Connor. Um, I mean, that is pretty full on. I feel like batteries. I mean, you, you put them in socks in prison and beat the shit out. Exactly, yeah, fans, don't you? I've I visit the US quite a bit, as you well know, and I think that one thing, if, if even if um, even if people of a certain age in the US don't know anything about football, mm. or as we call it, you know, as they call it, soccer. They do know that, in for some reason, they feel like they know that football fans are really badly behaved. Yeah, and I and I feel like I've been I've been led a lie because every time we give, do an email about stuff like this, more stuff comes out. Yeah, burn it, setting bombs off at de- disco demolition night. You know, throwing batteries at Santa. You know, ten cent beer night riots. This stuff happens there as well. Baseball is so boring as well. They have a go. American sort of TV shows have a go at how boring soccer is, but. Baseball, man, it is turgid. Yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if I don't know if I know enough about it because I've never been to see it. Right? Because I mean, you would say that about cricket, right? No, Test cricket. Cricket is. Yeah, I, no, I've, I've been. To, I've been to a bit of cricket. I find the people watching cricket more annoying than the actual people doing the cricket. Well, it's tw- actually quite a nice day. Twenty twenty type. People. It's been. It's been co-opted by yeah. people our well, age, just getting it? pissed and, and dressing has, up. And, darts has yeah. cricket has. Look at me, everyone. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. That's the thing we talked about this before during the World Cup. I think when it's fine to get so enthusiastic about a goal being scored that you lose your pint, yeah. but to purposely plan throw to throw your pint in the air is, is a joke. Yeah. Um, the reason I'm saying this is because I don't know enough about baseball. And I'm quite interested to see what it's like because I've never been. And I know that people say cricket's boring and I quite like cricket. So I might like it. I think cricket might be more interesting to Americans because you sometimes see uh, batters who are about to go up with a bat and they'll th- they'll sort of, they'll take a swing of the baseball, but they're so skilled at it, they'll throw it in the air and it'll kind of float and do a couple of spins and then they'll catch it again. Right. It's the coolest thing you could ever do with anything stick-shaped. What's your point? I'm just saying that the cricketers could do that with their cricket bats. They don't, do they? No, I'm saying that, that, you know, they might get a bit more interested if they could do some tricks with their bats. Like do the, something a bit fancy as they're coming up to um, to the seam. Like the Adidas Predator cricket bat. <laughs> my my uh, brother-in-law likes cricket and he plays cricket quite a lot. And I was thinking maybe I could get him a cricket bat. But if you're a cricketer, do you bring your own bat? How does that work? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. If, you, if you're, if you're part, a part of a cricket club, yeah, you, then you, you bring you, your own cricket you bat. You've got your own stuff, yeah. All right. Yeah. You've like, you not seen them on the tube with their big bags. Yeah. But maybe I should just get my big bag then. What do you think? There's, lo- there's just a load of bats at a cricket club. You choose one. Of course, <laughs> you take your own bat. You know. Yeah, but I just thought if you if you've got a cricket club, it's like they can cost hundreds of pounds though. Yeah, and I know, people but like different if... types of bats for different yeah. things, don't they? I mean, you, you know, some people like a heavy bat. Some people like a lighter one. What if I mean? What if ev- yeah? But if everybody brought their own bat, it would be an administrative nightmare, wouldn't it? If you come up with the to bat with your own bat, it'd be crazy. We started off as we mean to go on 2019 <laughs> talking about cricket bats. With the added jeopardy that neither of us know what we're talking about. No. Let's wrap it up here though, Pete, right. because that's the that's the start of twenty nineteen that everyone wanted. Oh, sorry everyone. Hello I, at Luke I and Peach. Realize. Hello at LukeandPeach.com to get in touch with anything you want. Um, we obviously like to hear from you and your emails, but also if you've got any ideas for suggestions you'd like us to do in twenty nineteen as part of the Luke and Pete show. Little spoiler, we're not gonna get married, I'm already married, and we're not gonna move in together because Pete's is not up to my standard of uh, of, of personal hygiene. Your cats aren't to mine. <laughs> they lit their own wagons. <laughs> I 
And that's my forte. This house ain't big enough for three bum lickers. <laughs> bum lickers. This was a Radio Staccano production. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.